Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction of any kind or those searching for a better way to live. Rich and Susan Kallenberg found freedom from drug addiction and alcoholism over two decades ago. In the series, The Temple of the Mind, Part Two, they examine motives, our tendencies to judge others, and the dangers that lie ahead for God's people so all can have prepared hearts and minds to be the temple of His Holy Spirit. Take every thought captive now on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And we would like to welcome you to Freedom to Choose and our, our series, The Temple of the Mind, Part 2. And this is program number 28, um, titled simply, Pray Like This, or After This Manner, Therefore Pray Ye. Uh, and that's Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. And Susan, before we get going, would you open with a word of prayer, please? Yes. Loving Father in heaven, we invite you to um, send your presence and to help our minds to be able to communicate um, the beautiful privilege we have of, of learning how to pray and to understand how you prayed and taught others to pray. And sometimes it can be something that can be a stumbling block for some of us. And so we just ask that you spend your, send your spirit to be with us. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, Susan, you've been shipping out a few resources re- recently, haven't you? Yes. Where to? Uh, I think we took talked about it last week. We've been last time yeah. shipping to um, place in Central Africa. We shipped a box to Taiwan. Um, we send some back east, Canada, wherever mm-hmm. people request. So, and as long as you know, um, we know it's going to get where it's supposed to be, then. And what yeah. are these resources you're shipping? Uh, we we ship any of our uh, one or two workbooks. So we have Clean, Seven Steps to Freedom, and then we have Could It Be the Simple, The Way Out of Your Prison. Mm-hmm. And we also have some prayer journals and some pocket books um, that go along with our clean workbook and some little pamphlets about addiction. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and then who pays for all this? Uh, the ministry pays the, for our this. Our ministry pays for that. Right. Um, yeah, so if you're impressed, uh, you could... Right, so we don't take any, um, no, there's no paid employees or um, nobody gets any stipend or anything from our ministry. Um, whenever somebody um, gives to the ministry, we can like 100% say it all goes into the ministry. Yeah, because we both got jobs. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So then so, I both work uh, work 40 uh, hours a week, full-time jobs, and uh, but this ministry is a side ministry, but it's very, very important. We feel that uh, if we can provide these resources for free all over the world, that's what we're going to do. If we can, and uh, so we are, uh, we are in a, a very good position to uh, to get this message out, especially this end time message of um, God wanting to heal the mind and get people to think straight and to think. Uh, m- more heavenly minded than 
uh, earthly minded because as you can see, if you look around, um, seems like the place is blowing up. The place is, is, yeah, it's frustrating to see. It's not frustrating. It is, uh, sad to see. Right. It's it's sad to see. It's sad to see. And it's sad to see how fast things are changing. You know, the one thing I want to remember to say is that we do, if you want to, you know, part of your day, a lot of people like to listen to music, so we do have the new CD that you did that's Christian. It's all original Christian music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so the song for the lead-in song is on there. Yeah, the pr- uh, it's called The Prayer. Yeah, right. that's that's our lead-in song to this, uh, um, program. this program. So we'll, yeah. we'll slip in a, a CD if, yeah. you, if you'd like that or yeah, and that, as well. It's, and the, the album is called... Um, what is the album called? A Love That Never Fails. Boy, I just about lost it there. The album right. is called A Love That Never Fails. Yes. It's also available digitally on iTunes, right. Spotify, all that so, stuff. So, you know, that's that's a that's a thing. Um, do we all believe? And I guess it's throughout, throughout humanity because we're going to talk about prayer and how um, Jesus had the prayer on the Sermon of the Mount, but then months later the disciples are saying, well, hey, teach us how to pray. So, um, you know, a love that never fails, if we can have that as our basic understanding about who God is, mm-hmm. you know, and love casts out all fear. Yeah, perfect love perfect casts love. out. Exactly. Yeah. So if if that can be the basis of where we come in order to have that relationship with God, that's a, that's a really good place to start. It sure is. Um, Jesus said, uh, after this manner, pray, uh, therefore pray ye. The Lord's Prayer was given twice by Jesus, first to the multitude at the Sermon on the Mount, and again some months later to the disciples alone. You know, the disciples had been far away from the Lord for a short time, and when they came back, they found him absorbed in communion with God. As he continued praying aloud, I'm sure they could sense a living power in his words as one that spoke with God. I mean... Absolutely. The hearts of the disciples have to be, had to have been really deeply moved. They had noticed how often Jesus had spent long hours in solitude in communion with God. He also spent the rest of his time in ministry to the crowds and in revealing the sophistry of the rabbis. Okay, and so that's really important. I jotted a little note down here, but I don't think I want to say it. I want to say something else. Okay. And that <laughs> sometimes, you know, you uh, it's better to... Um, to be thought of a fool. Then so, open one's mouth and remove all doubt. Exactly. Yes. So, but I, I do want to talk a little bit about um, if you're the uh, persecution and being persecuted. Mm. Two different sides. Two different right? sides. And just kind of keep aware. Are you a persecutor or persecuted? Um it's it's just that that's kind of a a, a litmus it's, test it's, it's for me. It's better to be persecuted, persecuted. Yeah, yes, as opposed to being the persecutor. You know, and we 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 use that that allegory, that word picture. If God was to take you to heaven right now, Susan, and uh, say, would you rather go back and live your life as your molest as the person who molested you, or whether you would you rather live your life? As you, you can go back and relive it. Which mm-hmm. way would you live it? Right, and I would live it as me, as you, mm-hmm. the the persecuted. Right, because there's a lot of baggage that goes with be with the persecutor. Exactly. So it's not just 
um, you know, when you commit a wrong act, it's not just the act that is the issue. When we do things that are wrong, it act, it changes our brain. Sin changes you. Exactly. It's not just something that's written in a book and God's records, oh, I'm going to get him for that. It no. actually changes our brain into being further away from God. Sin happens in people. Right. And, and that's that's the that's what he's trying to come to heal. Yeah. Yeah, sin, uh, addiction happens in people. Right. Sin happens and God cares about people. Right. He doesn't care about um he, he doesn't care about a list of bad things you did. The do's and the don'ts. He he wants to get to the root of why you did the bad things. Right. What what aspect of selfishness is driving that and why is that your defense mechanism defense mechanisms come in many forms mm-hmm. you know uh, we talked last week about heading into a storm rather than running from a storm right you know and, and sometimes a, def- a defense mechanisms I mean I was a I was a great runner. Uh, I ran from everything, right. and I had to learn how to turn around and, uh, like we talked and about, la- and, yeah, like yeah. we talked about last time, a bison will head into the storm mm-hmm. while all other animals will run from the storm. Right, and so I had to learn how to face the storm and head into it. Mm-hmm. But the only way you can do that is is with other people, mm-hmm. N- namely three of the Godhead. Right. Father, Absolutely. Son, and Holy Spirit. Right. But there's other people that you know we need to align ourselves with, with similar mindsets, mm-hmm. and have a proper perspective of what we're up against. Because a lot of times, that the devil has got so many different ways to to create monsters in our in in our life that we feel that we cannot conquer. Right. Either you know outside where we have no control or inside our minds where we sometimes feel like we don't have any control because thoughts and fear and anxiety can just come over and overwhelm you and take control of you. And sometimes it's really hard to get out of that. Yeah. You know, and, and um, just like I said last week, you know, when, when this all came up and about being anxious, there's things that cause me anxiety that I am completely unaware of that are so deep down in the core mm-hmm. of my soul that it, it's like I don't even know how to get in. I don't like it. I don't like being anxious about certain things. Mm-hmm. I don't want it. I don't want to do it. But it's something that happens instantly. With, yeah, and without my agreement. See, and so, but you are agreeing with God that it is a problem. Yes. So He can help you. Right. And you are telling God exactly what the the symptoms are. Right. But you don't know what the problem is. Right. Yeah, and that's all. All we. That's what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to tell God what the symptoms are, and kind of like and going to the doctor. Going to the doctor, right. you tell him where it hurts, how it hurts. You know what are your constraints? Right. You how don't do you go feel? to the doctor and say, "No, everything's good." If you've got a a gash that's you know blood's coming out of it, and it's all the way to the bone. No, doc, I'm good. I'm fine. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I can handle I, that. I just hit my head yeah. on the on the on a on the doorway, so I'm good. Yeah. Completely throw the doctor off. God wants to know what's really going on. Where does it hurt? Exactly. That's what He wants to know. And he knows, so he is just saying, you know, I just need you to come and and let me know that that you know. Well, you know, and that's important because the Bible is written that way. It's almost written like God doesn't know some stuff. Right. Well, newsflash, he knows everything. Right. Prayer is not to bring God down to our level. It is to raise us up to his level. Right. Prayer is not to get God to act. 
Prayer is to get us to act. Yes. See, and so when we reframe everything like that, it will take the anxiety away when we're open with God and say, God, I'm acknowledging I got this real hitch in my get-along. I, I've got a problem in this area. But then we've got to be prepared because the remedy is going to come in a way that we we don't understand. Right. The remedy will come be, because, I, I don't know about you, but many times I've gone to the doctor and I, I, I knew I had this certain thing wrong with me. It wasn't that. Right. It, it was wasn't even that. Completely, completely different. different. I remember when I have to tell this story because I remember I, when I first went up to the office and I started estimating, I all of a sudden I couldn't eat. And I knew I had this lump in my throat. And right. I knew. Right. And I had to that go was, through it had I had to, to go through all of these serious. diagnostic rituals before they would stick a scope down my throat and see what this lump was because I knew it was there. Right. Well, it wasn't. There was no lump. I was just stressed. Right. Well, physiologically, the stress told me there was a lump in my throat, and I knew there was a lump in my throat. Well, I self-diagnosed, and I was wrong. Right. And so that's a lot of times when God prescribes a remedy, whether it be go talk to this person you don't want to talk to Mm -hmm. or go do this thing you don't want to do. But see, the monsters are not out there. Right. They're in my head. Right. So it was interesting, that whole process that we went through, because... Even you even went to a doctor and they didn't have the correct diagnosis. They wanted to give you antacids, but the final discovery was that you actually needed hydrochloric acid, mm-hmm. right, to make the little flap close. It just mm-hmm. so it's like um, it's kind of like an unveiling of an onion. I know they talk about where you know, like you say, God doesn't give it to you all at once, but He does, you know, peel back those layers so that we can finally get to that core thing. But the mind, it's it's easier to do it physically than it is mentally, I think. Yeah, yeah. And and that's the thing. So we last time we talked a little bit about anxiousness, and this time we're talking about prayer. And I wanted to double back a little bit on, on anxiousness a little bit, because Jesus said, you know, be, be not therefore anxious for the morrow, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof, Matthew 6, 34. If you're giving yourself to God to do his work— there really is no reason to be anxious for tomorrow. And like I say, the monsters aren't out there. They're in the head. You, you know what I'm saying? At least mm-hmm. the, the, for me, I mm-hmm. know, because I fear more about what's going to happen, and it doesn't happen. And somebody once said, Good thing you're worried about it. Good thing I worry about it, because 99% of the stuff I worry about doesn't happen. So something that's really good that I worry about. Yeah, Yeah, something's working. So, but, uh, you know, God knowing the end from the beginning and the events of tomorrow that are hidden from our view, but they're open to his eyes. Right. He lives outside of time. Right. But so when we take our into our hands the, the management of things which we have to do and depend on our own wisdom for success. We are taking a burden which God has not given us, and we are trying to bear it without his aid. We're trying to take upon ourselves the responsibilities that belong to God and are actually putting ourselves in his place. So is there a difference between knowledge and wisdom? Yes. So, and, and, and that's a hard thing to define sometimes. Right. So you can know something, but wisdom is understanding how it applies to the world. To, and to, to reality. Yes. Yeah. Knowledge is knowing that tomato is a fruit. 
Right. Wisdom is knowing that it doesn't belong in a fruit salad. Exactly. Yeah. And so knowledge is knowing that the stove is hot. Wisdom is knowing whether or not to let the child touch it so they will never do it again. You, you see? Right. So knowledge and wisdom are different. And so having having knowledge and putting that knowledge to use is one thing, but God has to—we we need to rely on God to, to, to give us the wisdom to direct our lives, because— we use knowledge all the time. We have to participate in life. We have to, you know, I'm an estimator. I've got to know the numbers. I've got to know that Excel spreadsheet. I have to put the numbers in right. I have to double check myself. The wisdom is is to know how to, to make that all interact and make it into a complete estimate that's going to be competitive and, and whatnot. And our whole lives work the same way. You know, we know what our bodies are capable of, but, but I mean, like the other day, we were pulling that, the... Um, the feed yes. out of the back of the car. Susan yes. does it a different way than I do. And the both <laughs> ways are good. She, for wisdom for her body to do it is to wheel that thing over there. And, Take the and, wheel, and, the garbage can got, over to the back of the car and immediately put it into the can and then wheel the can Wheel back. the can away. I, I have to totally square up to something and not bend down and pick it up with my arms and go over and drop it in to the, to the uh, garbage can. We use garbage cans for yep. the feed. Anyway, so knowing, you know, my knowledge about my body, but but the wisdom is stop, square up to it, pick it up right, or you're going to pay for it for a month. Mine you know? is just, I'll oh, just go for it. And if you, if you end up hurt, <laughs> then you do. And if not, woohoo. <laughs> but, but see, we navigate through life that way spiritually. Right. Wisdom is, I've said this before and it didn't work. I am not going to get, you know, my wife is on the same team that I am. I am you know, not going to get angry with her. Yeah, we talked about that last night. What is What makes a good marriage? You know, um, we, I think we were watching something on TV and it's like they were arguing and the relationship was going to end. And it's like, I wonder how they ever, well, of course, because it's fake, it's make-believe. But for a marriage, if you can remain on the same team and not... Um, be against each other. That's going to help your union to be strong and to be committed to one purpose. You know? you know what? And we talked about it last time, unity versus uniformity. Yes. Uniformity would be, I would want my wife to do everything the way I do it. That's uniform. That's not unity. Right. Unity is we have the same pur- purpose. We want to reveal God to everyone we come in contact with. We want to treat each other with dignity re- and respect. We want to always remember we're on the same team with the same goals. How we arrive at those goals are completely, completely different. different. Yes. But we have to respect one another's approach and, to and life. And support one another. Yes. And Never take another person's creativity away unless it's going to harm them. Right. Unless their own creativity is going to harm them. Right. Right. Other than that, if it harms you, it's okay. If it, <laughs> yeah. No. My well, husband. Well, my husband is a very intelligent person, and so I I know that many times I blow his mind. But well, yeah. No. In order to keep our marriage go, all I have to do is let my wife have my way. <laughs> is that what it is? No. It's, no. It, I, I. She lets me have her way. I, that's I'm how just, it works. I, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, that's that's the thing is just to remember that. Um, you know, we're on the same team. We had a very wise man tell us many, many years ago. Um, it's your what? What did Herb? What your Herb job? Say? He would look at me and he says, "Your job is to get her to heaven." And he'd look at her and he'd say, "Your job is to get him to heaven." That's so always right. remember that if you're married, your your job is to get your spouse to heaven. If you do that, if if you take that approach, you will be outside of yourself more. 
than if you're if because a lot of us instinctively are working to get our own. You know, we work very hard at trying to get to heaven by, by, to by heaven, right. yeah by putting other people down right. by by you know. Spot, you know what's that old saying? If you spot it, you got it. Yes. But we spot a lot of sins in other people. See, <laughs> but it, it, well, and you know the other thing is is to also remember that that's our purpose here on life is to get other people into heaven, and it doesn't mean it's not about necessarily um, uh, preaching a sermon or reading um, biblical passages. Those are extremely important, but it's also the daily your daily walk. Mm-hmm. And your daily um, love towards people that can that can show them um, a picture of God that maybe they haven't seen before. So you know that's the other thing is that God's calling us daily to walk in His goodness, so that other people can have a yeah. glimpse of that as well. Yeah, I think of of Jeremiah where where God says, "I know the thoughts that I that I think towards you," saith the Lord, "thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end." In returning rest ye shall be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. And if you think about that, if we always if, if we could say that to everyone we knew, I know the thoughts I think towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil. You know, that would give I mean can yeah, we that, do that? Th- yeah, right. Can and we, really mean it. And really mean that. I th- when I think of you, I think of peace and not of evil. I, I wish only the best, best for, for you. you. You know, my uh, what what can I help do to help you achieve your goals today? So if I can do this really quickly, in the big book of AA, it says, how do you forgive somebody? And that's exactly what you do. You pray for another person that you're struggling with. And you you pray that they get everything that you've received, mm-hmm. and and it's almost like this prayer, yeah, that Jeremiah has. And something happens when you put a concern towards somebody in a positive light. God comes in and He changes your brain, He changes your heart, and He makes you into that new person. And forgiveness comes. And and this is this all is actually an act of prayer, right? When Jesus says, "Pray like this," you know, I. I uh, our Father, when you say the word "our," our Father, that means you're acknowledging everybody as your brother and sister. Mm-hmm. And when we approach life that that way, uh, and take that whole different um, mindset on that we are a web of humanity, nobody gets anywhere on their own. Right. I'm sorry. Right. We have all built our lives on the knowledge and the backs of other people, mm-hmm. and it's just the way it is. And it's how God's universe operates. He's got angels doing stuff for us. We have no idea what they're doing, but they're doing stuff for us to try to win us to heaven. God is trying to win us to heaven. The Holy Spirit is trying to win us to heaven. And if we keep that cycle of beneficence going and we try to win others to heaven— I mean, win right, them, right. not coerce them. Right. Win them. So are, we got to. So it's like the cycle of giving and getting, giving and getting, giving mm-hmm. and getting. So humanity just says, "Give, give, give" mm-hmm. to me. But if we can get on the um, giving side, mm-hmm. you receive. Right. Mm-hmm. It's better to give than to receive. Yep. Yep. But see, we inherited this right from Eden. That infection. That infection of fear and selfishness that caused man to run from God, that caused man to blame everybody in the room but himself, mm-hmm. and that's what we do. Right. And so that rebirth heads us in that new direction, and it, and all of a sudden we have a desire to do good and a desire to do what's right, but we're packing around the old body and the old brain 
that have the old habits and the old, and Romans chapter 7 will tell you all about that. Romans 7 will say, the good that I want to do, that I don't do, and that I don't want to do, that's what I do. And we're going to go through those phases. Mm-hmm. Every time you, you give something up, every time you repent, confess and repent, you're going to go through that phase. Right. Boy, I really want to, I, I, you know, my mind tells me I want to quit smoking, my, my body tells me I want to quit smoking, but my body wants to smoke. And then finally, you know, we both went through it, mm-hmm. then finally it goes away. But it's a process. Let the process happen and support others that are going through that process. Don't condemn them. Support them because we all go through all these processes. We are a web of humanity. We should be in, in unity. Everybody doesn't do everything the same. That's uniformity. Mm-hmm. But having the same goals. Having, having that mind of Christ. Having the mind of Christ right. is unity. Let people... Uh, be free to make those choices, and let's pray they make the right choices. We're, folks, we got to go. Remember, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle, and you have the freedom to choose. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thank you for listening to The Temple of the Mind, Part 2 on Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple, The Way Out of Your Prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. Thank you for listening and remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Power and glory.